0: can i
1: tell you something that bugs me oh infinitely? Please. yes every time it happens so you somebody sends you an email and you open up an excel file and it, it opens up and says it's in the protected mode and then you got to click that button in order to um, edit the file, right? Correct. Okay. But if you set your screen size so you can read that Excel the way that you want, when you click the Excel edit button, it reverts it back to what it was and it doesn't maintain where you just snapped Excel into the frame. Have you ever seen that? I have. It
0: is... I know exactly what you're talking... (laughs) The fire inside me is already burning about how (laughs) right you are. It's
1: just like this little thing every time it happens, I'm like... Who decided this if I just resized Excel that I maybe I didn't know what I was doing and I shouldn't then we should revert that back? Uh, I feel like somebody purposely had to have made that decision. And
0: we've seen other technology do this. Like Microsoft products, if you go to SharePoint and edit part of the page, it will take you back to the top of the page in edit mode and then jump you down to where you are. Microsoft, you're obviously
1: a listener of the podcast. It it kills me. Please. It kills me. (laughs) Every time I'm like, And it's like, and it takes me a half a second to snap it back, but every time I'm like... (sighs) It's just frustrated effort.
0: And that's not what we want to do. We want to spend more time playing board games. So speaking of, (laughs) hello, and welcome to Red Raccoon Radio, your source for tabletop gaming news in Bloomington, Illinois, and beyond. We're your hosts. This is John.
1: This is Jamie!
0: And we are workers at the friendly local game store, Red Raccoon Games. Um, So we're we're trying to... uh, adjust a few things here to how we're opening the podcast so stick with us as we try and get some better verbiage out on the board but we're just going to jump directly into what i think is always fascinating and that is jamie how was the store last week unless i and like i've had to ask multiple times
1: you weren't really at the store much last week were you no i think it was pretty calm week Of well hmm. um there was an incident but I wasn't there. Uh, I left on Tuesday because I got named to the Squishable retailer board. Dun, da, da, da. Dun, da, 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 da. And so Squishable flew me out to New York to have dinner with the owners. And then we did like a full day of meetings on Wednesday. And then because the Bloomington Airport is a small regional airport, I couldn't get back till Thursday. So I came back on Thursday. Um, we had a shoplifting incident again. And it's just. There's a big sign on the front door that says, Smile, you're on video cameras. And I think everybody thinks that we're screwing around with that. Yeah. There's nowhere you can go on the store that you're not on 4K video.
0: That's not like you're hiding the cameras. It's not like in the eye of the beholder or anything like that. They're, they're
1: clearly... Pretty, they're pretty on your face. Yeah. They're pretty right there. You can see them. Yeah. We're not hiding the cameras. And we had, you know, teenagers in the store making bad decisions. And, um, you know... The one girl just stuck a plush, well, a squishable, ironically, in her pocket and tried to walk out of the store. And Jesse stopped her because he saw it. Because it's pretty obvious it's a big squish stucking out of the side of her pocket, right? And he stopped her and said, you need to give that back right now. You did not pay for that. And so she gave it back. And then um, he goes down and looks at the cameras and... Lo and behold, we can follow somebody from before they enter the store, you know, because we can actually watch what's going on with people getting in and out of their cars across the street. That's how good the cameras are. Mm-hmm. And then we, he followed them through the store, and, you know, the, the, the girls took stuff. And, um, you know, so we throw it on Facebook, like, hey, we would like to talk to these people. Nine minutes later, the first person, the first mother called. Thirteen minutes later, the, the second mother was in the store with her child. Um, and the, you know, the boys were like, we didn't do anything. And the friendly local Bloomington police officer explained to them, you're right you didn't do anything while you watched your friend shoplifting and that makes you an accessory
0: guilty by association
1: we didn't press charges because they were kids but the kids had a very uncomfortable conversation with their parents and with the bloomington police officer about making smart choices and
0: it's not how you want to spend your day
1: no no and and so i'm of course i i'm trying to do meetings and, and conduct some business and stuff and and yeah i'm getting text messages like from jesse and kelly and Kelly is mostly irritated because she had other stuff she was going to do rather than deal with this with these parents and stuff so just you know uncomfortable situation other than that the store was actually fairly calm this week
0: let's let's go back to your squishables adventure because I know that we talked a lot about just personally like your hotel which was wild in the use of its elevator but I'm I'm more (laughs) interested in in what it is like being now a squishable ambassador
1: is that the term Uh, retail board member
0: retail board member okay so what does that entail
1: well they brought us in and we they they really said you know we started off with um here's kind of the history of squishable like i guess i didn't realize squishable was as old as it was it started in 2007 oh because we didn't start carrying squishables until the pandemic started right Mm -hmm. we talked last time about the story about the plague doctor and the sales and everything from the plague doctor Um, but they'd started a long time ago. It's a husband and wife team, Aaron and Zoe that own the company. And, uh, man, just genuinely nice people. It, It makes me feel good about the amount of business that we do with them. Right. Because, you know, you never really know all the time with the ownership, if they're good actors or bad actors. And we know there are some bad actors in the industry and we know there's amazing people in the industry. And it turns out that Aaron and Zoe, pretty amazing people. And, uh, so we, we, we talked talk with them, got the history of, of Squishables um, and the exponential growth they saw during the pandemic because game stores, that's really the pandemic is where game stores really started to get involved with Squishable. Uh, and that was um, Kim, uh, who is their business development person, credits me for a lot of that too. Oh. Well, it, because I was like, hey, guys, have... I just got sixty-two orders for a Plague Doctor in the last hour. Are any of the rest of you carrying Squishables? And everybody's like, "What the heck is a Squishable?" You know, Squishmallow is their competitor. Yes, and um, and and Squishmallow has recently been under file, fire for product dumping, and the way that they create the Squishmallows kind of has some environmental impacts, very similar to fast fashion, mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, just the amount of of product just getting, you know, low quality complaints being dumped into mass market stores, and um, you know, we we have some Squishmallow, and you know, and and some of the kids still want Squishmallow, no matter how much we have some. We're probably it's, it's probably as these stories keep emerging, it's probably the end of us carrying Squishmallow. Squishable, on the other hand, try and do a much better job, environmental friendly. We we talked about a bunch of policies that they have in place. And they really wanted to say, they really want to know what can we do better? How can we be a better partner? How can we create systems that help you?
0: Which um, is something that, for you, you have begged other companies to do for so long. Just listen to the people that are actually selling your product.
1: Yeah, exactly. So we talked about marketing the product. For instance... um, you know, they like to show off on a regular basis. They show off um, prototypes of new things that are coming forward or hey, this is gonna be released later. And they'll show them off on social media. And as usually as soon as they do, I have some diehard squishable customers at the store who are immediately like, I wanna put a pre-order on that one right now. I don't have any details of how much it costs. I don't know. You know, so it's hard to take pre-orders when I don't know any details about it. How big is it? How much does it cost? Um, uh, do I have any pictures I can use for it? Um, UPC code, any of that kind of stuff. So we talked about that, and they're going to. They said, "Ooh, that's a really good point. We never thought about before. We're going to make sure that all that is available to you as soon as we show a picture of something." And it's just a matter of putting in a Dropbox folder, like a living document, and we can go. Oh, it just got added this morning, and here's the information. I can take that pre order now. Fantastic. Reordering, reordering. Um, all of us game stores. There's a very. We talked about this. Is there's a very big difference between game stores and board or toy stores, especially in their technology adoption, because there's a significant portion of game store owners that are former IT people. Significant portion. And so, of course, we're nerds and have things like 4K camera systems and point of sales and everything else. And so um, when we go to reorder, we want to be able to just upload to them. Here are the SKUs I want and how many, and, uh, how many of that, one, that SKU that I want and have their system generate us a P.O. So that way, using CSV, the industry runs on CSV files, Mm -hmm. you get the CSV formatting right, you just upload it to them, and it automatically goes through and says, it fills in all the gaps and saying, I want two mini-plague doctors, one micro, one massive, I need two massive bananas for scale, um, things of that nature. And so they were like, okay, we never thought about that before because the toy store industry doesn't use that that. stuff. They're used to ordering things like, at the beginning of the year, I'm going to place my order... For case packs of product, and I am going to expect that I want two cases delivered in February and two in July and four in August and four in October, and so you plan your whole year out of purchasing, and so the toy stores have to be able to basically give an announcement saying here's everything coming out for the whole year, um, for toy store suppliers, and then maybe you get a midsummer um, update catalog. Well, the games industry has been basically running on just in time inventory for ever ever since I started. Yeah. Where, um, you know, I could go in and say, I want one of that, two of that, one of that, two of that, one of that, two of that this week. And then next week, I'm going to go back in and reorder anything I need to. And if it's a hot new release or something crazy, then we'll order more, of course. If, you know, Flamecraft coming back in stock, we order more. Of course. Um, It's interesting though. We did talk about the fact that there's been some change from just in time to just in case inventory, where just in case is like just in case this game is really hot and blows up, we should probably order some extra ones. We should get a four month supply in case it disappears. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was I don't know. It was really interesting conversation. So with the the owners, um, with uh, Kim who's the business development, they have an internal. Um, salesperson that we were talking with, they have a a a, a rep liaison salesperson and Alicia, and uh, we met a ton of the designers. We met the marketing manager, the social media manager. Man, they got some really cool stuff coming up. Uh, I can't, I can't share any details about it. Other this is than, becoming a trend, Jamie. You keep know, on coming on this podcast,
0: and you're like, let me tell you about what I can't tell you about, yeah, and know. we get so excited.
1: I know. Um. So. Uh, Fun fact, though, um, you know, when they started off, their first Squishable was the Avocado. Yep. And most people still refer to them as the Avocado Company. Well, (laughs) 7% of all sales that they have are Avocado Squishables. Plague Doctors, on the other hand, are now 17%. So Plague Doctors have taken over. And then everything else is the remaining 76% of the company. I just thought that was kind of cool. That's very interesting. The Plague
0: Nurse companion to the plague doctor i think was always so smart and i saw you know the set come out for valentine's day and i think they have a new set coming out this summer as well and i'm like if i were like a part of a couple that is exactly what i want to
1: get like well but and they're doing um so you can buy them as a set the plague doctor and the plague nurse but um i don't know that they're going to release any more of a sets like they did for valentine's day oh really because there's more and more people who want two doctors or two nurses.
0: Good for them. Yes, that yeah. makes so much sense.
1: Yeah, and um, and so the original plague doctor and plague nurse, the Valentines they set they put magnets in their hands so the hands would hold hands. Well, um, now they're putting the magnets in both hands in case you want, depending on how you want to set them up.
0: Because you might have to have a different polarity. Yes. Very yes. good. Yeah, So
1: and that was something we, we talked about, and they were like, You know, they were leaning that direction. And so um, we had a really good idea. I hope this comes to fruition. And it was one of the other guys I was with. I think it was John Coviello from Little Shop of Magics, a buddy of mine. He's in Las Vegas. And um, signs. So they had magnets in their hands. They could hold a sign.
0: Oh. Yeah.
1: So the sign could be a heart shape and say, hey, happy anniversary or congratulations for. You know justin and jill or whatever combination you want it to be so we talked about it a bunch of different sign shapes that the magnets could hold the sign so if you had used it for your wedding or something and uh yeah it's just it, it was such great conversations about all this different stuff they have some amazing halloween stuff coming out and halloween is such a big holiday for the game store so um and then a bunch of new christmas stuff too last year they introduced the festive krampus and the festive Krampus was super popular and the festive Krampus and the festive dragon we couldn't keep in stock just gone as soon as you got it yeah so the it highland was, it was such a good it was a good trip such yeah. a great trip
0: The Highland cow I know was very popular a yeah. lot of the cows now are coming out the strawberry milk cow I've been seeing that so. the strawberry
1: milk cow we can't keep they can't keep it in stock we keep selling out and we go to order more and then they're like we don't have any more we're, we're trying to get some more made. Um, they did say that we were talking, we talked about, you know, we talked to spend a lot of time during 2021 talking about the shipping crisis. Mm-hmm. Prices are coming back down. They're back to for ship, uh, for squishable. Um, they're back down to where they were before COVID started.
0: That is fantastic news. Yes. I'm sure for as, as that has hit that part of the market, we should be able to see it more and more, especially with the board game industry.
1: Yeah, it's good because, uh, you know, uh, a lot of the smaller publishers were talking about they were went from paying $3500 to $35,000 for a cargo container and it sounds like we're back down into that $3500 range too.
0: I've been Mythic Games was uh, a person that had bought into Monster Apocalypse which is Privateer, no, Privateer Pack. Is it Privateer Press? Yeah. yeah. Monster Apocalypse, yeah. Yes. So they had bought into that to actually create a board game almost version of monster apocalypse where the figures weren't what you assembled. They were just automatically casted and things along those lines. So you had little resin models to work with. They have not outright canceled it, but they have said that they've had to downsize so severely that they just, it's no longer on a a docket of timetable for them. It is a, they will get to it. Yeah. And a lot of the talk has been just shipping costs have really ravaged that company uh, in an unprecedented way. And so they are having to recoup from that. And hearing that news makes me feel like, oh, maybe we'll get some more openness because there was a while there. I think we saw mul- multiple Kickstarters having to go back to the people that Kickstarted and say, "We got your order, we have it ready, but in order to get it to you, we're going to need extra funds." And Rainbow that was... Six
1: is all over the news right now for doing exactly that. Yep. Saying, and there was another game that um, one of the fulfillment houses had in stock. But they weren't shipping saying, we never got paid to ship this. It's sitting here. If you guys all pay us to ship it, then we'll get your games out. But otherwise, we're just going to get rid of it. Yep. And people are super ticked off about it, which, you know, rightly so. But that's the, that's always been the challenge of Kickstarters. And, um, you know, they're, they're, they're not pre-orders. Kickstarter makes you check the box now. This is not a pre-order. This is you helping to get a game created, and there are risks inherent to that. And I don't think people really think about it, but now, you know, a lot of the Facebook groups like Board Game Spotlight and Board Game Revolution, people have these horror stories going on. And um,
0: Kickstarter is not Amazon. Just because you put in your money and you get it doesn't mean.
1: I think I, I have a pretty good record so far, but I do have. I think seven Kickstarters that I've backed over the years that are just never gonna, they're never gonna ship. So, you know, on behalf of the store, the store is $1,200, $1,400 out of money that's just never coming in. So that's not a horrible thing for a store, but if you're an individual, $1,400 of stuff that you bought is, that, that, that is upsetting. Yeah. That's upsetting.
0: Uh, so speaking of Kickstarter and going into our next topic which is what has been on your table lately I actually got to play some games this week Um, (laughs) I had a friend who her husband was going to go to a concert at the Castle Theater which is a great venue I highly suggest that but she didn't have anything to do so she came into town I showed her Red Raccoon Games and then we were able to come back and I got uh, The Legend of Korra on the table which was a Kickstarter that I backed a long time ago but it is still such a solid game so If you've ever watched Legend of Korra before, uh, the very first season has her playing in this kind of battle arena where benders are able to use their abilities to knock people off of, uh, off of, it's kind of like aggressive volleyball, almost. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Because you knock people basically off this very tall platform and into a a lake of water using your abilities.
1: Is this like um, uh, the original um, American Warrior? Very close the, to it. The TV yeah. show from the 80s? Yep. Think of American Warrior in Spandex. the Legend of Korra
0: Avatar Universe. Yes. Yeah, they,
1: they had the, the one challenge where you were on the balance beam with the big, uh, what do they call those, with the the, the, the bow staff with the big padded ends on I believe
0: that's just the actual name of it. I, okay. I have no idea if there's a better name for those okay. or not, but if you just say the American Warrior boat like bows, everybody knows what those okay. are at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I got to bring that out on the table, which I haven't gotten to play in a long time, but it was a great Kickstarter. Uh, It was one that, you know, you really won the best in Kickstarter because you got multiple different teams. You got uh, an expansion that brought some main characters from the game. It was, I mean, from the show uh, that some so powerful that they could to fight on their own. They don't need a whole team of three people. Uh, So it was fantastic to get that on the table. I had another game, though, that very quickly we were able to play that I highly suggest to... As a, a different way to get people into more advanced games. Normally, we see people go from Monopoly and eventually they get into Catan and then they get into the wider world of board games. For the people that like chess and more of those type of checkers, those type of like, you know, moving on a board strategy Ab- games,
1: strategy games. Exactly.
0: I will always recommend Onitama. Okay. Which is uh, you play as five monks, one person being the head monk. And you move across the board in a much smaller board than chess, but you compete against the other person's five units as well, trying to get your grandmaster to the starting point of the other grandmaster or completely eliminate the other team. The real difference in the game, however, is that pieces don't have unique moves. At the very beginning of the game, you pull out, I believe it is five cards uh, from a deck. And these five cards are the five moves you get to play for this game. And as you play them, you actually trade it with your opponent, which one you wanna actually have available to you. So as you're playing, the move set that you have is continually changing of where you can move people uh, and what positions they can end up in. So mm-hmm. there is still some strategy involved, but you you don't get to think of it holistically. You don't look at a piece and say, I'm always gonna be able to move this piece this way. You have to play a little bit of luck, a little bit of strategy, and normally you can accomplish it. And it's uh, what I truly love about the game is the design because it's almost the size of a Jenga tower. Yeah. Uh, and inside, though, you have your cards, you have your player mat, you have your little icons. They're all perfectly organized well. It's just a beautiful game, easy to pick up and take to a friend's house or take outside if you want to do something, you know, during the summertime. It's cool. It's yeah. very cool.
1: No, we uh, sold a lot of Onitama to chess people. Yep. So, yeah, no, that's a very cool game. I actually get to play games, too. What? Yeah, we, we did, right before I left to go to New York, we had um, Red Raccoon staff game training. That is true. So, um, you know, for those who don't know, what we try to do is on the first Sunday of every month, um, we do staff training at the store, usually starting at like 4 o'clock. And uh, we try to go through, here are some things that are new to the store, here are some things that are hot going right now, and here are some things that are classics that we want to make sure everybody knows. And, you know, it's part of our, we want to have educated gameologists. So we literally pay them to sit and play games. And then, you know, we usually get some food from someplace. In this case, Kelly made a whole bunch of sides, which is always a favorite. Um, They like having all the sides almost as much as as the main course when Kelly's making them because they're always ridiculous. And so, but anyway, I got to play a super skill pinball, which is, it's an older game. I mean, it came out like I want to say it originally came out in 2021. And there's three versions that are out right now. There's like the original game. It's called 4K. Then there's an advanced 4K, and then there's a Star Wars version that's or Star Trek version that's out as well. And um, each box is it's basically a roll and write game. And you everybody's playing off the same dice roll. You roll two dice. You get to choose what you're gonna do with them. And, um, and then everybody's using it to, for ways to move their pinball around. And you've got a, you know, a dry erase board. And I kind of was skeptical about it. We didn't even bring it in when it first came out. But then Jesse and Alexis started playing it. And I started getting my phone blown up about how much fun they were having at like 1130 on a Friday night when they were playing it. And so I said, well, bring some in. And it's been really popular at the store. Mostly, probably because Alexis and Jesse playing it, but now I think the rest of us are sold on it too. It's a small box game. I think it's like 24 bucks or 19 bucks. And there's four pinball machines inside of it. And uh, yeah, it's you're rolling things. The different bumpers and everything have different ways to score. There's skill shots. There's, you know, things you can do. You can tilt the machine. You can nudge the machine to try to change in numbers so that you don't lose your ball. There's multi-ball that's built into it. So if you're a fan of rolling rights, it's worth checking out. Or just if you're a fan of pinball machines, because you can play one player just to see how high you score. And uh, I'm now I want to try some more of the maps. I only I, I had a full playthrough on one map, one pinball machine, and now i want to try some more of the machines.
0: I just want to say, one of the things I love about board games is it is so easy to find a game in a theme that somebody's going to relate to. Like, you come to me and you say, you know what, I really like butterflies. Guess what? There's... A game just about butterflies. There's Let me show you that. Point, there are yeah. multiple games. Anything that you're interested in, whether it's ancient history, whether it's fashion, whether it's nature, no matter what, there's a board game that probably is going to apply to you in some way.
1: Yeah. Well, and then, um, so we played that one. Then uh, Rainbow Bunny Bot came in, which is a game I talked about that I saw at At length, yep. You, you loved at, it. You know, and it's on the demo table right now, and it's selling because all, you know, I can teach somebody how to play a game. We play a full game in two and a half, three minutes. And people are like, yeah, okay, I want this. I mean, it's 11 bucks and it's such a good game. And so I was just standing at the demo table yesterday, today's Sunday. So yesterday, Saturday morning, big deal with the farmer's market. And just like, hey, you want to learn a game in three minutes? Teach them how to play the game. And half the people are like, yeah, okay, I'm in. Here we go. Yeah, That, that was fun. That price um, point,
0: that much fun. Yeah, it and, and my friend
1: Kat was in with her mom. You know, Kat's a couple years older than me. She's like, we need new card games. I said, okay. And I showed her that one, and then I taught her and her mom how to play uh, Take 5. Classic card games been like six different names, like six nymphs in Category 5 and stuff. And they're like, sold and sold, and out the door they went super happy because they had a game that could play four players and a game that could play ten players. Not a lot of ten-player games out there. Um, Spencer taught for the first time at the training as well, Five Minute Dungeon, because he's in. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Spencer is in on Five Minute Dungeon and taught everybody how to play that one, so that was a lot of fun, too. What else did we play? There was something else. can't think of what it is. I don't know. All right. No, you... Well, must not have made a huge impression in my brain, because I can't remember what it was.
0: Sounds like a good day, nonetheless.
1: Oh, yeah. It's always a ton of fun, and it's fun, you know, when we get to hang out. And I mean, yeah, they're still on the clock, but everybody just really enjoys spending time with each other. So we had fun.
0: That's a good thing. Yeah. So speaking of just good things that come out, uh, there's an intersection that I'm very excited about coming to the game store. And that is Magic the Gathering,
1: which... Main Street and Jefferson Street?
0: Very close. Okay. Uh, This is the Magic the Gathering, which is a game I understand and enjoy, but I've never been hugely into i i buy very specific packs just for my own amusement and this pack that's coming out is going to be one of those because it's the 60th anniversary doctor who commander decks and so the store is in on this but as you were saying when we first came in you've gotten an unusually little amount of information About this set. Is that correct?
1: Well, it's not uncommon for Wizards of the Coast to only dribble out tiny bits of information on any new set coming forward. They have a whole plan. And it's really frustrating as a store sometimes. But um, because we don't know a ton of details about something until after we had to have locked in our special orders. So on this particular set, okay, Doctor Who, I'm in too, right? Yep. And we're going to jam some games, and these are specifically Commander decks. This is the next in their series of what they call the Universes Beyond. The first ones were the Warhammer or, yeah, Warhammer decks that came out last year. Which
0: sold like wildfire.
1: They were completely overwhelmed by the demand for the Warhammer decks because there was a regular deck, and then there was like the special limited edition collector deck of all for all cards that were... We got two sets of those for the store of you know, four decks. And we got two of each of those decks for the collector's ones. Um, so the Warhammer decks were wildly popular. Um, in June, next month, we've got the crossover with Lord of the Rings that we've been talking about. And then in the, now we've got the Doctor Who set coming out. And so that'll be the third one of the universes beyond. And it all we know right now is... We know that there's going to be four commander decks. We know the names and kind of who they're about because we've seen the images on them. And we've seen some really cool pictures of basic land cards that have the TARDIS worked into them. But we don't know anything else about the set. I guess the only other piece of information that we know at this point is we know there's going to be a special rule called the Doctor's Companion. Uh, And it's a new mechanic that says... If the doctor is on the field, you can have the doctor and the doctor's companion as your commander. So you can have two commanders for the first time ever, but only if it's the doctor and the doctor's companion. It's kind of all we know. Yeah, (laughs) We've seen some artwork of what they're going to put into there, but we don't know what the cards are that go with the artwork yet. So the four sets
0: are Blast from the Past, which will contain the first eight Doctors. So that's really the the old Who, for those of you that are, are more into the classic.
1: Yeah, and the front of the box is Tom Baker with yep. his scarf, rock, and, and, and the whole nine yards.
0: The sonic screwdriver out and ready. Yeah. Uh, then next is Timey Wimey, which will contain the Doctors 9, 10, and 11.
1: Yep. Followed with the, That's the start of the... The new uh, who. ...of the new ones, right? So... Alex yep.
0: uh, uh Tennant, Tennant and, and Smith. Smith. Yep. Which really interesting I don't know if you've been able to catch up on this or not but uh Tenet is coming back for a few specials in doctor who
1: i i'm so far out of it right now yeah kelly kelly when doc when matt smith went away kelly was it, it just was a thing Done. in our household she was like i'm not watching anymore he's, he's her, her favorite doctor ever and she's out so we watch things as couples right to maintain uh, Marital Bliss. And, it's a connection point. And Doctor Who is no longer on that list of acceptable couples TV.
0: That is actually somewhat sad to hear. Because I, I do think that the main stars of the next set, Paradox Power, which is the 12th and 13th Doctor, which would be...
1: Oh, Peter, Peter Capaldi. Capaldi and, and
0: Jodie Whitaker. Yes. Uh, those actually seasons, while well, did not start out strong, really did end up being good. I think Jodie Whitaker actually was kind of... The writing for her was a little railroaded. She had a definite vibe, and when she was able to be in that vibe, those episodes were great.
1: Yeah, but that's like five seasons we're, out, we're behind now. Yes. Maybe six? Five. Possibly. Yeah. Peter Capaldi got two or three. He got three, I believe. And she got three. Correct. So six seasons we're behind now. And
0: I think there were some specials thrown in there, too. Yeah. But the most interesting point is there's four sets. We've already covered all of the Doctors. That's because one set is completely devoted to the Masters of Evil, which is the dialects the Cybermen, and what we're looking like as the Master. Yeah. Uh, and on the front cover, the Master being used is Missy, which is arguably one of everybody's favorite uh, versions of the Master as of yet. Yeah. Um, which she even got kind of almost a redemption arc in the Capaldi series, which was interesting. Um, but, yeah, so this is one of those sets where I'm probably going to try and, and pick them all up. Uh, just so I have them in my collection. Will I ever play them? Probably not. I still have two sealed boxes of the Dungeons & Dragons uh, uh, set that came out. just a, Do
1: you? Yeah. I didn't know you bought any of that. I
0: bought two boxes that you
1: can actually... The Adventures in the Forgotten Realms or yep. the Commander Decks?
0: The Adventures in the Forgotten Realms. So I've got okay. two steel-sealed boxes. I I just have never had a, a need to actually practice. Break them open and play, but I really love the mechanics. You, and you I still think got your special, special order tag on the side. I do, yeah. Still got my name <laughs> on it and everything.
1: Okay, so here's one. Did I ever tell you this? Um, the Adventures in Forgotten Realms set was dismissed by hardcore players as being an underpowered set, and they thought it was the worst set ever. It, at the time, was the best-selling Magic set that Wizards of Coast had ever made. Interesting, because people like you. And me and Jeff and so many other Red Raccoon customers, who haven't played Magic very much in the last decade, went. I'm in for a Dungeons and Dragons set. We're gonna check this out.
0: That's too intriguing to pass up.
1: Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna check this out. And and uh, you know, Ken even went all in, and he made a master set of every card that has ever been released, including um, the Japanese versions of the card. So he wow. has. Um, every artwork of every card of that that has been made in Japanese and English
0: that's, that's fantastic yeah all the promo
1: cards, all the alternate art variations yeah that's he he got he went full on super collector mode on that one too
0: So speaking of themes that really get people to buy games like this especially into this uh, a new one has come out on the scene which I'm not gonna lie is a little confusing on why now. Because as you know, oh, magic God, I is don't know where you're going with this. Yes. Magic is you know the winner.
1: Magic's uh, number one, Pokemon's they, number two, they sit on this is up- number three. Yes.
0: For and now. for now, because we do know that we have Disney's Lorcana coming up. And that is going to be not only for people that like to play the game, but we also know collectors of just Disney stuff are Disney going to eat this got up. Die hard collectors, man. Yep.
1: Die hard collectors.
0: So when we hear that apparently Star Wars is going to try and come out with a trading card game from Fantasy Flight, it is a
1: interesting choice. Next year, 2024.
0: Yes. So, first of all, that means that Disney's main three properties all now have a collectible card game, meaning Disney Lorcana. Marvel Champions, which is also produced by Fantasy Flight.
1: Well, that's not a trading card game, though.
0: That is true. That is a more of a
1: LCG, yes, living card game. Living model. card game.
0: So Star Wars. No is, collectability to
1: that one. But, no, you, but you always Lork, know what you're going to get. But Lorcana and the new Star Wars games are going to be full, full on collectible card games.
0: So. This is not the first time Star Wars has been tried. I remember my time in high school, whenever my friends were bringing out their Star Wars, the collectible card game decks. And one of my friends had the Executor, which is the Super Star Destroyer that Vader flew around on. He had it all sealed up and had a proxy card for it and everything. But it just never hit. It, it was never what Magic was.
1: Well, it was part of the 90s when, you know, when Magic and Pokemon and Yu Gi Oh all took off and everybody thought, well, this is the way to go. And everybody tried to make a, a, a collectible card game. Exactly. And why Yu Gi Oh is one of those three, I'll never know. I mean, it makes sense um, for Magic and Pokemon since Magic, you know, created the Pokemon collectible mm-hmm. card game, the first five, five seasons of it or five releases of it were made by Wizards of the Coast using the exact same formulas they made for Magic, which is why the packaging looks almost identical across the board. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, God, is there room for another one? Will it be successful? And I'll be honest with you, as a game store owner, I have serious doubts if Fantasy Flight can pull this off. Look at, look at their history, look at their track record of what they've done. So, they had very successful games in, in Netrunner, mm-hmm. uh, probably the most popular at the time of all the LCGs. Killed it. They uh, The Star Wars LCG was a pretty big one, too, right? No mm-hmm. collectability. You could buy all the packs at any time and build the deck. It was all about how good of a deck builder are you, not did you have enough money to buy the, the cards. The right cards. Or up enough packs to get the right cards. Um, killed it. Um, you know... The LCG system, uh, Legend of the Five Rings, right, which was a massive CCG back in the 90s, early 2000s. And then the company ran into some hard times and uh, eventually ended up selling the IP rights to Fantasy Flight. Fantasy Flight tries to turn it into an LCG. Killed it, right? Um, Mismanaged it, Mm -hmm. specifically. Mismanaged it and killed it. And then, um, you know, Star Wars Destiny, collectible dice game. So good. I love that game. I was I haven't I don't really play collectible games that much. I was in on Star Wars Destiny. That was a great game. Mismanaged it, killed it. I don't know that I have a lot of faith on them when they're gonna make a collectible card game. And we've said for years this this the big thing that they've done is the spacing is too far apart. Right, magic, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh. They have a special cadence. Yes, every three months for a major set, and with some sprinkling in of some special sets in the middle, all along the way.
0: No, I still don't believe that because every time we have an episode, there is a new Pokemon set that you have to talk about. So I don't believe in this three-month business. But yes, I well, know what that, you're but saying. but
1: that's every three months. Is a, but they're like I said, sprinkling in some extra stuff along the way. Exactly. Right? Exactly. You know, and um, and even with like, you know, okay, last week we got some new Pokemon stuff in that was part of the Scarlet and Violet set, but just in different packaging, that was a full six weeks afterwards, and people were like, I need those mini tins. Even though the packs inside of them were the same packs that had been out for 12 weeks or eight weeks at this point, point. and people were like, I need some of that. It's, they've, they figured this out, and, and Fantasy Flight would be like, okay, next set's coming out in six months, and, and, and all the game stores were like, have you ignored 25 years of this is how it works? Yeah. Gamers have ADD. I have ADD. You have a little bit. Well, far less than I do. Um, and they get bored and they move on to the next game. If you don't keep giving them something that changes it up and something to think about and something to look out, they get bored. And that's where Fantasy Flight has screwed up the cadences on all this stuff. Uh, and so, I don't know. I want, I want a successful Star Wars game. Because I love Star Wars. And, I, I, and the, just, I don't
0: know. The interesting thing that I've really been seeing lately in Star Wars is that the things that people are finding the most popular are really straying away from the core tenets of Star Wars. It's not about grand galactic battles. It hasn't been about Jedi per se. Some of the animated shows, maybe like Rebels a bit, but it's it's more about these smaller stories that I don't know if translate well just into a collectible... Like, because you know that they've got to put Mando in the set. Somehow. Yeah, Mandalorian's character Grogu's got to be in there. Ahsoka's
1: got to be in there. Yep. But they said that this game specifically, the initial release, will specifically focus on the original three movies.
0: And that is where I think that's a
1: failing point. There, half of the staff at Red Raccoon hasn't seen them. Those movies came out... 20 years before they were born. Yeah. They're my childhood and everything growing up, right? The first one came out in 77. I was born in 74. Um, I don't remember that one, obviously, but I remember going to see Empire Strikes Back in the drive-in movie theater. And so, because I was, uh, what, six at that, 1980 when that Mm -hmm. came out. Uh, And then Return of the Jedi was one of my first movies I remember going into a theater to watch because we had always gone to drive-in theaters. When you have as many kids as we're in our family, it's easier to contain them all that way. <laughs> Lock um, the doors. Yeah, exactly. Or just, no, or just, no, we should run around the whole drive-in movie theater like crazy until they... Oh, you were those people. We were totally. Cool. <laughs> well, they had they the playground. <laughs> That's all right. drive-in movie theaters had a playground. That is true. That is true. Close to the screen where nobody wanted to park anyway, <laughs> and you couldn't actually look at the screen without going blind. It's like sitting even closer than the first row of the movie theater, right? Um, until... We went to see a double feature, and a, the double feature that one time was um, one of the Superman movies and Alien, and yeah, that was a mistake. All, uh, we were all terrified. We were completely terrified. But anyway, um, yeah, I have heard a staff that's never seen the original trilogy, and, and I think that's sad, but... Um,
0: it's odd that now we, you can have a Star Wars fan that has never watched Luke Skywalker's adventure, like... That that could be completely plausible. Yeah, in fact, I can tell you that one of my friends is actually kind of turning around on the uh, the prequel trilogy because of things like Rebels and Clone Wars. He's going through those right now, and the character of Anakin Skywalker goes from this really annoying person that you know got pouty because he didn't get to be a Jedi Master and sit on the Council, but when you know we didn't get to see anything that he did during the war, and now that you have all of these stories of where he, what he was doing, the constant battles he was fighting, the overcoming odds that he was, that changes the tone of that last movie and, and how the council was seeing him and what that really meant. So I, I've run into a few people that say they like the prequels now because of the other stuff that was going on that we've been
1: able to see. One of my friends posted something on Facebook about how irritated they were when the new, the newest trilogy, the the finale trilogy, whatever, what are we calling that one? Um, seven, eight, nine. Yes, yeah, yeah. When those came out, how whiny all the star uh, Star Wars fans were about that, and they were tired of all the whining and everything. And I'm like, oh, you mean like when the the prequels came out, and everybody lost their freaking minds because the prequels were what they wanted them to be.
0: Yep, because they had Jar Jar Banks, and apparently that was a travesty against the world.
1: Well, also the force got reduced down to midichlorians in the bloodstream, too. Which
0: they have done a superb job of never bringing up again. Yes, <laughs> that yes, is, yes. In no media have they ever talked about midichlorians ever
1: again. Yeah, they they definitely have shied away from that one. I did re-see, this is fun, and uh, if we can find it, we could put it in the show notes, so I can find it again. I was reading this thing a guy put out that said that the... All nine movies are named wrong. If you take the names of them and switch them and put them on the right movies, they make makes so makes much, a much better. Character I've seen army. that as well. Sorry. The the dog alarm just went off. But yeah,
0: like I I've heard that same theory before, and it is.
1: It's pretty spot. On. It's
0: pretty spot. It feels so much better. And it's almost like in some of them, they're like calling their shot almost like the next movie is going to be about this. So, yeah, it's pretty fantastic. I will say um, just have you one of my favorite theories that I truly, truly believe with all of the shows that are coming out right now talking about genetics and cloning and all of this. Right. I, I have a fan theory and I don't know if I thought of this or if I read it somewhere and just pulled it. Probably I read it somewhere. But it's that. Anakin Skywalker was not Force Jesus. Because if you remember in the prequels, right. he, he was supposed to be immaculately concepted. Just the Force created this baby. right. The, the theory I heard was that it was actually the Emperor who was seeding for creating more Force-sensitive people, uh, basically trying to create his own apprentice. Right. And on these outer world systems like Tatooine, unbeknownst to people, impregnating them, and then creating babies that would have his, his level of connection to the Force or more, which would mean that Anakin was actually the son of the Emperor, which means so is Luke and Leia. And then that then brings, if Rey is actually the child of the Emperor as well, that she kind of technically is a Skywalker. And that actually kind of checks out because they're family in a way.
1: Well, that's interesting. I've never heard that before, but now I'm gonna have to go read, go down a freaking rabbit hole on the internet. Thanks, John. You're welcome. That's what, what, what I'm needed. here for. I'm gonna lose an hour tonight. I just
0: thought I'd give your ADD something to you know chew on for yeah, a little bit. Great. But it, for that's me, right. it creates a lot more synergy in the storylines and what was going on. And and it's interesting.
1: Yeah. Well, and and uh, we're we're veering away from games. We are. But uh, uh, one more movie plug is they're starting to release some more details about what the tenth movie will be as Ray tries to rebuild the Order. They announced that one at on Star Wars Day, right May the Fourth. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this is the May as it would be named anymore, and I don't know. I mean, I'm I, I'm in right. if it's coming out in Star Wars? I'm gonna go watch it. It's it's gonna have to be pretty bad for me not to go. I don't even know how bad they could make it. I mean, I don't even know how they could, what they could actually do that I would not go watch it once.
0: Right. I think that it's going to be also very interesting because they're not might putting... not
1: watch it a third time, like going to see the D and D movie three times.
0: Correct. I think it'll be interesting now that Ahsoka's character has become a much more present, like getting her own series and her focusing more on this this gray force user area where she's not a Jedi, she's not a Sith, but she's something in between. Mm -hmm. Um, And knowing the lifespan of her, of her species and everything like that can be whatever. I think there's a good chance that Ahsoka is going to show up in the next series seeing how Luke showed up in the Mandalorian. I don't think that's too much to ask.
1: Oh man. Can you imagine how awesome it would be if, I mean, we know Thrawn's going to be in it. She's already been talking and searching for Thrawns Thrawn. In the Ahsoka series, yes. It, well, she in in um, Boba Fett. She yes. asked, the, the big fight scene where she could first introduced, she, she's talking and trying to chase down Thrawn, right? We know Thrawn's coming in the Ahsoka series, but how awesome would it be if this were leads to the, the Thrawn-like Thrawn ascendancy trilogy as in movies?
0: Well, technically due to canon, Thrawn is already in. He was in Star Wars Rebels,
1: and... Oh, no, I get that. Okay, right. okay. I'm just, make just saying. I'm yeah. just saying if that's the movie, that's the The Heir to the going. Empire the air, hole. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah. It's going
0: to be so good. We're going down a nostalgia hole, which is yeah, a yeah, perfect yeah. way to transition into. What well, can I, well, I.
1: Before you okay, transition.
0: One more. One more.
1: Star Wars Shatterpoint.
0: Yes, that mm-hmm. was going to be something I thought I might yeah. bring up as well.
1: Um, I, I knew new game, Atomic Mass, Minis game. Um, Same people
0: who did. Crisis, Marvel? Marvel Crisis Protocol. Crisis Protocol.
1: Um, We got a demo box in at the store. The minis are amazing. Really? The minis are amazing. And I've got Dwayne painting them right now, and I saw a picture of the Darth Maul that he did. So we're going to have a fully painted demo set out on the table. uh, Hopefully, by the middle of next week, Dwayne's furiously painting. And I said, Dwayne, I'll give you, I can pay you this much money. Paint as many as you can, but I'm okay with some of them being gray plastic so people know what the box looks like. He's like, "Cool. I think it's gonna be cool. I think it's gonna be cool. I think it's gonna be pull some people into minis because this is not a it's not a Warhammer game where you're in you you end up spending fifteen hundred dollars in this massive army and all these figures. And don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with that because people love that game and they love the history of Warhammer. I believe
0: you're referencing Star Wars Legion.
1: And Star Wars Legion, I was saying yeah. Warhammer and Legion. Oh, okay. Yeah, I okay. was going to say Legion followed that model. of did, massive yes. ground troops. Tons you want to have ter- You want to have
0: like uh, actual
1: like terrain that you can work around and things like. Yeah, that. Yeah, this is uh, Crisis Protocol is um, Shatterpoint. I think. No, Crisis Protocol is small force combat, and and Shatterpoint is going to mimic that too. So it's in in Crisis Protocol. You can focus on two or three heroes and have those epic battles that we saw in all the Marvel movies. Shatterpoint is copying that to say, we're going to put two or three heroes on the board. Maybe it's Anakin and Ahsoka versus Maul and Ventress. Yeah. And so we're going to have small unit battles that really can focus on making some of those kind of epic battles that we've seen. Those are like everybody's. I, we all love the big shots of the big capital ships blowing the uh, heck out of each other. Um, and we love the the massive ground trips like the battle on Hoth and everything. But the focus and most people's favorite parts of the Star Wars movies are the lightsaber battles or the small intimate battles with yes. just a few people in them. And that's what Shatterpoint is—is is that small battles, those intimate feeling things where you really get to focus on some of the hero characters. There's some backup characters in there, maybe they're the clone uh, troopers themselves or some of the robots like the you know uh, Roger Roger. Yep. Uh, you know there will be some of them in there too, but it's really going to be the focus on the heroes. And I'm I'm really interested to see where this one goes. Okay. And it well, comes out in early June.
0: That is actually encouraging news because I saw that when I was looking at the the. Um, trading card is coming out. I was like, I don't know if we want to discuss that. I don't know how much information there is. If there's really going to be, if it's worth even bringing up. But if it's caught your eye, that has my attention. Well,
1: and and they're having some fun with it too because so the, the there's the core box that's coming out, and um in, in that box you get Maul and Ventress and you get um uh uh Bokatan and Ahsoka and. Um, the Mandalorian and oh, wow. uh, and Anakin, oh, um, and then but like one of the first expansion boxes is the Obi Wan expansion. Do you know what the name of the box is? That's well, hello there. Letter. Yes. <laughs> and then the the Count Dooku box is coming out. Those are the first two expansion boxes, and I there was a name for the Dooku one too that was I just laughed when I read it too. So they're having some fun at the same time, and and it's more of a, a, a Star Wars. Clone Wars and uh, Rebels, kind of a scenario in terms of the time period where it's set stuff too. So, I don't know. I, I think it, I think it could be cool. I think uh, it could be cool.
0: What I would love to see is if they're willing to go a little bit more outside of the canon to pull some characters in, which I don't know if you've gotten to watch any of the Star Wars Visions, which season two just came out. I'm on halfway Disney through Play. season two. Okay. The I would love to have the samurai and droid that one in was cool. and I would love to see that like. Played out in the game as well. It was like Uh, the R two
1: unit with the little straw hat on. Yep, that has like
0: a little rockets that he's gonna fire off.
1: And then the uh, the 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 Sith Lord or the Inquisitor Trooper that had the uh, spinning like umbrella thing with all the the blades all the way around. That was pretty cool. I would love that.
0: Uh, The twins episode, which was a little bit more anime ish, but still like if you could get characters like that also on the board, where you're you're pulling from different content like that. My my main problems with Star Wars is. Once you're a Force user, you kind of know what you can do. And they're finding, like, every once in a while, they'll throw a new Force power in there or something. Mm-hmm. But one of the reasons I always love Marvel is because characters do different things all the time. And then you have these really wild connect... Like, how does this power work against this power? Like, yeah. what is the tactic that you would use in that situation? Yeah, And sometimes I just don't see that in Star Wars. And I think that they've tried, like, with Inquisitors, having the, the spinny lightsabers and things like that. I think that's been fun to see, but... I want to see more of those kind of one-off characters that will have special abilities that will really make the game unique. That's what I'm at least having yeah, my fingers crossed. Yeah, we'll see how that. it plays out. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. But speaking of nostalgia, I'm okay, gonna go nostalgia. back with the same nostalgia. the same segue. Uh, there's a game that came out uh, on Kickstarter. It's as the time of this recording, there's 66 hours to go. You still have some time to do it. But it really caught Only my eye. If you're eye.
1: watching it today, as a Patreon listener, maybe correct. Um,
0: <laughs> if you see it tomorrow, there's still time to back it. It's called Break. It's a tabletop role-playing game inspired by video games and anime. And with Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom just now coming out, it has just this amazing vibe of even the box art. It looks like it's an old Nintendo uh, box that you would buy with your console. Ins- not the console inside, but with the game inside. Like it's It's got that kind of same... There's an artwork there. There's some titling, but... It really plays within a 5e system. I really love the art. It looks like they took a lot of time to really find like the vein. And they show that you know there's a lot of connections here from Secret of Mana, from Zelda to Berserk to Nausicaa to um, Dungeons & Dragons as a whole. Man, and I haven't
1: thought about the Secret of Mana in like 20 years. It was
0: one of my favorite games. It was the first RPG I ever played with a system. It has always had a place in my heart. I, I know that they've made ones after it, but I don't feel like they ever captured that same, that same wow. magic again. Um, and we've seen some other RPGs like this before. I actually got the chance to, to play something similar last year at Free RPG Day with Jesse and Alexis. Um, but this truly is, is just a, an attention to detail of understanding your scope and design. And I thought it would be an excellent way to talk about a few of the things that are going to be going on at the store when it comes to RPGs. Because first of all, we have Free RPG Day coming up. We've, we've hinted at it June a while. 24th. It's coming. So, if you've never been to
1: Free RPG Day before, what should people expect? Um, well, okay, so that's... Uh, let's see, what is the fastest way to say? So one of the things that Free RPG Day does really well is kind of create some content to expose people to alternate rpg systems they may have never touched before right
0: which is kind of an important thing because we did have a little dust up with D this year that could cause people to be
1: curious more I want to and more point out that i was not the one who brought D into the conversation damn we
0: did so well for so long <laughs> in this episode every episode i tried not to but yeah go ahead yeah
1: uh, and, yeah, and for whatever reason, I have no idea why, but Watsy has never participated in a free RPG day. They know they don't have to, I'm guessing.
0: Y- yeah, but uh, I don't know. Just an homage to your fans? I, I don't know. It would be nice.
1: W- whatever. Screw those guys right. sometimes. <laughs> um, so we, we use it at the store as a way to say, there are other systems out there that you may not have known. And we we round up a bunch of great volunteer DMs who run. We call it RPG speed dating, where instead of um, you know a lot of times you're when you're playing D and D, you're like four to five hours is usually a good amount that that most people can do and be that a weekday night or maybe a, a Sunday afternoon or whatever you're gonna play. But we do it in one and a half to two hour blocks. Mm-hmm just to give everybody a flavor you, you use pre-generated characters so there's this you know I love character creation but it can take a long time so pre-generate characters here's your character here's how the system works here's the motivation and go away we go and we start running these things I ran Zombicide Chronicles last year just to give everybody a flavor of what it's like to play a Zombicide game um, I guess to play in that actually. Yeah. But as an RPG and we had, we had fun. We did. All you get to do is you get a couple puzzles and you get a couple fights and that's all you really have time for.
0: It's and a memory you can walk away with.
1: Yeah. And so, um, so we do that. We take the opportunity to say, um, all these volunteers are going to run these different games and this is your time to sample some different stuff. You ran city of missed one year. Uh, well, you, you, you set I, up to run City of Miss one year. Yes, it yes. didn't work out um, well. Anna ran uh, Alien RPG last year. Katie ran Monster Hearts. Um, you know, a, a bunch of other people ran stuff as well. And it's just a good way to sample a bunch of stuff. So um, we're currently asking people to volunteer to run different things. We did finally get a content list from the group that runs Free RPG Day um, of what modules we were going to get this year so we know every year we're going to get something from pathfinder from starfinder and they're usually goblin related Mm -hmm. um we always get something from goodman games uh we always the last few years we have gotten things from modifius and magpie last year we it was the first year we started getting stuff from renegade because renegade of course now has the um gi joe rpg the transformers rpg and the power rangers rpg Um, this year they're providing a crossover that is G.I. Joe and Transformers. That's what the module is. Interesting. Yeah. It's called Cobra Confusion. Nice. Uh, Nice. Cobra Confusion.
0: Now that makes more sense.
1: But this year they also, um, uh, Renegade is now also, of course, the publisher of the World of Darkness books. And so they've had Vampire the Masquerade, Last year, they at the end of the year, they brought out Hunter, which mm-hmm. is the humans trying to survive against the magi- ma- uh The, um, uh, the horrible world, world darkness. yeah. You know, Blade Three, right, uh, yep. basically. And then this year they announced they're bringing back Werewolf the Apocalypse. So um, we're hoping for some Werewolf the Apocalypse stuff. We know we're getting some Vampire the Masquerade content from them. Uh, Free League Press has been pulling out some amazing stuff. Uh, over the last couple years, and they've got uh, a book in there called Dragon Bane, which is an all new IP. Um, so that's interesting. I thought they were going to put some stuff in from the One Ring um, or the uh, Adventures in Middle Earth, which is the the Lord of the Rings set using 5E rule sets. Mm-hmm. Just some great content coming in there and new on the Zomicide Chronicles. Okay. Um, Ninth Level Games has got their, they put out a magazine called Level One, which is just full of like one-shot RPGs and different systems and stuff all the time. Magpie's got some stuff in there. Magpie's got a new module for the Root RPG. Which Root is
0: a beautiful game unto its own. And the way that they brought that into the RPG world, I got to look at those beginner rules from, I think, last year, maybe a year before. Fantastic way to, to approach that system. Really still makes you feel like if you know that game, you're going to know this world.
1: Yeah, and and of recent years, we've started to see more um, spin out stuff that's part of it as well. So, a lot of accessory type stuff. So, you know, we know there's going to be some special stuff in there from Foam Brain Games, from uh, God, I never say it right. Hamingo, I think it's called. Okay. From um, uh, BCW's got some stuff in there because they've been making some really cool accessories for playing RPG games with and stuff. And so, so we have the speed dating that we do, speed RPG, speed dating um, that we play. Then there's just a lot of stuff that we just end up giving away. And, and that's part of free RPG day too is come in and just pick up a module and take it home and play it with your own group. And that's cool too. Yeah, um, Because it's so popular, we do have everybody limited. We usually lay it out on a counter somewhere and we say, okay, you can take any three things... That you want for free
0: just to make sure everybody has an
1: opportunity everybody gets an opportunity until the end of the day then we're like okay there's still some stuff left it's free for all now right take whatever you want um or we have a few things left from last year we always put a here's last year's stuff take as much as you want take one of everything if you want to that's cool um but some of the really cool prizes we do raffles with just by showing up to free rpg day you're entered in the raffle um, for every different rpg you try throughout the course of the day Um, you get another raffle ticket for every... If you check in at the store, you get a raffle ticket, a check-in on social media, let people know where you're at. If you come and cosplay, you get an extra raffle ticket. If you volunteer to DM, you get raffle tickets, if you're running any things. And then, of course, because we're a store, if you buy anything RPG-related, you get raffle tickets.
0: Is there still availability if people wanted to DM? Yeah. All they got to
1: do, if you're interested in DMing, look at the FreeRPGDay.com website, Look at the list of they've already announced what they're sending the stores, and just reach out and send an email to events at redraccoongames.com. two c's and two o's in raccoon, events at redraccoongames.com. and say I'm interested in running this for Free RPG Day and Ariel's trying to build trying to build out the 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 list right now. Fantastic. Now, here's a downside. Teeny tiny one. I'm not going to be there that day. <gasps> Yeah, well, um, due to scheduling error because Free RPG Day was originally scheduled on the same day that is the Lord of the Rings Magic release, which is June 16th, Free RPG Day, in a very wise move, moved back one week to the 24th, which put them on top of the Illinois Games Con Mm. here in town. So this is... Um, Ryan started the Bloomington Normal Video Games Convention four or five years ago. I think five years ago now. And it has blown up and increased in size significantly this year. He rebranded Bloomington Normal Video Game Con to the Illinois Games Con. And he's trying to take it bigger. And it is he wants to now make it video games, pop culture, and board games. Oh. So we're going to have a booth there. And so since most of the staff wants to run Free RPG Day, I'm going to let them run Free RPG Day and teach whatever they want to do while I'm at the Illinois Games Con staffing a booth. I think it's me and Jessica. Um, did you get roped into that one? I
0: haven't been asked yet, no. Okay.
1: <laughs> well, you might be there with me, John. I would love to. It would be a pleasure. Yeah, so uh, unfortunate scheduling on the same day. But um, if you're not, and so the, the reason why I brought it up on the podcast is because we have plenty of people who listen to this podcast who are not RPG people. Right. And that's cool, too, because some of them are diehard board game people, some of them die diehard miniatures games people. We are not going to have anything at the store for you special for events on that day. It's going to be so focused on RPGs. Maybe they want to come to the Illinois GamesCon. Do both. Do Yeah. You do could both. absolutely do both. I mean, it's the Illinois Games Con is still not that big. It's not like Gen Con takes two days to walk through the vendor hall. So, so June twenty fourth. Yep, free RPG day and Illinois Games Con. So
0: obviously that's in the future. But actually, we need to have some Patreon content at the end of this episode. Maybe we can talk a little bit about some of our favorite RPGs of the past, or or some other things that we might suggest people if they're interested sure, in RPGs. We can do that. Yeah. So. Because that is in the future, both Gamescom and Free RPG Day, let's talk about what's in the present. Uh, and That is... Well, John,
1: you know there's Pokemon coming up. uh, There's always Pokemon (laughs) coming up.
0: Specifically, before we go down that rabbit hole, let's talk about what's in the new hotness. Because there's a game in there that I was a little shocked to see. I had remembered hearing a little bit about it, but then had completely forgot about it. And that's Assassin's Creed, Brotherhood
1: of Venice. It is... Did you, have you played
0: Assassin's Creed video games? I have. So not. Okay, all, I haven't played them all, but yes. I have
1: played a bunch of them.
0: And I've looked over people's shoulder as they've played as well, especially the newer ones. Okay. Um. So, you know, Assassin's Creed was was hot for a really long time, and yeah. then they really kind of went back, redesigned it, brought it back out again, and it's been good as well.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, I know Valhalla did an extremely good job of allowing also for gender choices and being able to make much more decisions i know you could also do the same in the one that took place in uh athens no uh in greece excuse me i'm trying to think, think that one you one's could
1: named. do gender choices in greece or it, it, which was that was assassin creed excuse origin me. it was not or, gender
0: choices you could choose between siblings
1: oh okay in in that one oh yeah um no, i yes they've done some really interesting stuff and one of the my favorite things that they've done not talking about the the board game yeah we'll come back to that Um, One of my favorite things that they did is they have created the worlds so accurately using every historian that they could find available that starting with Assassin's Creed Origins, which is set in Egypt, there's an educational mode to the games too where you can literally use the games to tour what it was really like to live in um, ancient Egypt, ancient Greece, and of course, uh, in the, the Viking colonies of uh, the Scandinavian countries. Um, that they, because they made everything so accurate that it's just, it's crazy. It's amazing. Including touring um, in uh, Assassin's Creed Origins. You could tour a lot of um, the, the pyramids and stuff to the way that we know that the pyramids are opened up nowadays, right? But you could you could do that. I just, I think that's so cool. I will say one of my favorite parts, a
0: little bit of spoilers, but it's an older game. I think it's allowed at this point in uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla is you actually go to the new world, you go to the America Mm -hmm. and you run into a native, uh, in a native American civilization. And they don't do any sort of translating for you. They don't give you a reason why they would be speaking English. They speak actual native tongue of that region. Uh, If you know the show Letterkenny, there is a who is the the female leader of the the natives um
1: oh i can see her yes um i can't think of her because they they get in the first fight with her because um the skids are selling cigarettes
0: exactly and eventually she ends up with yeah she's a fantastic actress and she actually does the voice uh and the negative speaking in assassin's creed valhalla actually so they got her to to be a, an authentic source for that so anyways that's us gushing about Assassin's Creed. Brotherhood of Venice, the board game is yeah. actually a story driven game where
1: cooperative story cooperative game.
0: where you are trying to set up your own uh, basically brotherhood within Venice. Right. And so you have multiple different stories that you go through with a few branching sections, I believe.
1: Yeah, you still have some choices you get to make along the way to control where the game's going to go.
0: So that's really pulling, I think, a little bit more from the vibes we got in the original Assassin's Creed games. The the first real set, because we would usually have a character that was you know, kind of establishing an order in somewhere. You would get upgrades for your people. Um, why can I not remember the name of the main character that so many people love, Enzio? Enzio, yes. Especially in the second game with Enzio. Like, you were setting up your own brotherhood. You mm-hmm. you could have, like, agents come and shoot arrows at people that were in your way. And it, it was a great feeling. It looks like this is where that's coming to.
1: Yeah, it feels game. a little bit like that or a little bit like, um, you know, because you're working through your way through these stories. So I, I got a little bit of vibes of, actually, of Gloomhaven as well, mm-hmm. where, you're trying to maximize the end result as you're working on the various missions and stuff. Um, and, uh, you know, and you get a little bit of choice where you're going to go next in in terms of how you're going to upgrade your powers and which equipment you're going to bring with you and stuff of that too. Here's what I think is interesting as well. The box that we got at the store is the retail release of the box as well. And, the retail release has gone back to, um, instead of full plastic minis, they're standees, which is what every board game used to be um, to try to keep costs under control. Now, you can still find and buy the minis packs to upgrade if you want to, but you're not forced into it at the beginning of this game to take all the minis and and again this is something we saw gloomhaven do too mm-hmm. and now gloomhaven is getting ready to launch a kickstarter or actually on game uh, backer kit um kickstarter's kind of become a verb hasn't it yeah yeah uh kind of like googling it's the technical term is crowdsourcing just like you don't yeah. really
0: google something you search something right
1: but yeah yeah but um you know, Gloomhaven's going to launch their crowdsourcing on Backerkit to get minis, and we've already, we're have already in on that one. Um, you'll get the, all the minis for Gloomhaven, Frosthaven, Jaws of the Lion, and Circle of Followers?
0: Circle of... What, what was that oh, one expansion? Oh, that one expansion that came out. The, I have it, it over didn't, there. Didn't it didn't really do very well
1: it compared did, to all uh, the rest uh, of them. Because I
0: think people by that time, if they had finished... Gloomhaven, yeah. they had not any desire to come back to it anytime soon. Ninety-one Gloomhaven
1: missions, but yeah. but Gloomhaven went back to standees, Just figures for your main characters and standees for everything else. This is kind of the same way we've gone back to standees to try to keep the costs under control because there that box is heavy. Yeah. There is so much stuff in that box. Yep. And in order to get twenty-six missions in there, I mean, most of the legacy style games we have are like Pandemic Legacy is twelve missions, right? 26 missions is a lot of content, a lot of playtime to get through all this stuff. I, I'm I'm kind of, I kind of want that one for me. I kinda, really? Yes. I kind of want to. Shocking. Wanna, yeah. Uh, you, you, yeah. Maybe
0: on a future episode, you'll hear Jamie has gotten that on the board and, and how much fun he had with it. Yeah. Now, I do want to talk about one thing that I absolutely love, and that is uh, Heroclix has come out with a new iconic set, and I think it's perfectly timed for the new Spider-Man movie that I believe comes out next month, Across the Spider-Verse, and that is just two Spider-Man pointing at each other yeah. uh, in the in the famous meme that has gone yeah. out across the world. yes, uh, it, it, Both characters, they, I think they have the exact same stats, they just point at each other. It's, it's fantastic. It's just yeah. one of those little fun, little nuanced things that you can have. Um, I did also see that model kits are becoming much more prevalent in the store. It seems, especially into the new hotness. A few weeks back, I got to see the One Piece ships that were available. Uh, we now have the Yu Gi Oh White Eyes, I mean Blue Eyes White Dragon, which mm-hmm. is is
1: dangerously close to having Yu Gi Oh in the store. So, yeah, it is. Um, it, it's it's iconic. It is. It's and it's um, it's beautiful. I mean, we our- have figured out, so it's a Bandai model, and we have figured out how to work with Bandai in a way that Konami is not an easy company to work with. That's part of why we don't use Yu-Gi-Oh! Right? We had some toxic behavior amongst the player base that we decided we didn't want to deal with that toxic behavior anymore, but at the same time, Konami is not an easy company to work with. See Metal Gear Solid Series. Yeah, and, and but Bandai, we have figured out, and Jesse and Alexis have done a good job of saying, we know how to work with Bandai because Bandai can be quirky. Mm. That's be a good way to say it in their own right to work with them as a company. And but quirky, we can deal with. Just pain in the ass. We can't deal with That's from, from from That's from Konami. So, um, but the you know the the model kits are really well done because Bandai continues to do a good job. And it's been popular. I think that's the last one. The one that's sitting on the shelf that you're looking at the picture of is the last one. So if
0: you're a Patreon subscriber, you might get the chance. Yeah.
1: These, these photos were taken just this morning.
0: I, I will say that, uh, deep cut to all the anime fans out there, there is a Big O model. Uh, please don't buy the last one, at least, because I am going to be probably going and getting <laughs> that sometime soon. Um, but Big O is one of my favorite animes of all time, and I, I definitely need that in my life. Um, I know that, to Jamie, that probably sounds really dirty. It is a giant robot, I promise you. I know what it is. Okay. I, held the,
1: I, I did the camera work while Jesse was talking about all the new tiny plastic robot army that has arrived at the store. Perfect. So I, I would not have known had I not been holding <laughs>
0: if the camera logic. If I just go around shouting, like, I'm a big fan of the big O, I think people are going to assume well, some things that are not family-friendly. Office for space podcast.
1: made that a different phrase. Yeah, that's very true. Yes. That's very true. Uh,
0: I did also see that there's something called magnetic battle coins which for some reason just feels to me like it's pogs with magnets, Dude, Am I, pogs right? with magnets. I
1: knew it they're 100% pogs with magnets man i mean that's what they are that's when i was that was one of the things from the las vegas toy show that i went to in whatever that was february that i came that came out of that show is like they're called it coins right um and they're magnetic coins they're collectible they have options for them but you it's 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 pogs. It's, it's pogs, and th- there are playing boards. There's a uh, magnetic back playing boards, and there's a bunch of cool ones. And you throw them at them. They they have a really cool spinner. It's a nice heavyweight spinner. If you're a fidgety person like me, it's very satisfying for how long it keeps spinning, because it's very nicely weighted and perfectly balanced. Um, and but it's. And it's Pogs. It, Pogs is Pogs. back. Pogs is back. I don't know. I am just waiting for somebody to... They, but they have to be very careful. They can't say it's Pogs. Of course not. No, that's, that's copyright infringement.
0: Uh, there's some other really cl- like little small things on here, like Battletech, which I know has been a growing community at Red Raccoon. It's yeah. getting its own paint set.
1: Yeah. Battletech got its own Army Painter set with um, specific colors, very... Um, true to the colors from the the cartoons from the books from the the manuals and everything too so yeah that's that's uh, uh, those guys as fast as we can get battle tech stuff in the, the community for that is doing very well and those guys have been playing on um, Sundays
0: uh, we have some uh, Dungeons and Dragons plus charms we have some chibi aliens versus predators things we have the new Bonsai Pokemon series where it's just like Pokemon next to bonsai trees, uh, some blind bags of Godzilla characters. I will say that I did take a look at this. I haven't done any more investigation, but there's a new RPG called, I believe it's Machines versus Monsters.
1: It's Pacific Rim, the RPG. It is. It's they, 100%. It's kaijus that are coming out to attack stuff, and you're building big giant robots to go out. Um, and, and, of course, they can't call it Pacific no. Rim, the RPG. But it's Pacific Rim, the RG. It's, but uh, you can choose in that one, though. You can choose to play the monsters. You can choose to play the kaiju who are fighting the, the the massive mecha robots that are coming at to attack your home worlds and stuff like that. Fantastic. Dude, did you see the new Kong teaser trailer that's yeah. out? Yeah, I did. Oh, man. Okay, sorry. It's no, it's it's gonna be so good. I like, just watched Kong versus Godzilla again, like a week ago. I got it on uh, 4K, and I was like, Kelly's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Just so you know, I'm about to turn up the movie real, real loud. This is your warning."
0: <laughs> uh, I will say that th- there was a theory going out the other day that Kong in the in the um, uh, in Godzilla versus Kong has still not fully grown yet. Like he's not at his full size because everything size wise inside the Kong world was still not scaled to him. So technically he should grow to be taller than Godzilla at some point in time, Um, which I believe that demands then a rematch of of the scenes that we saw. So we'll see. We'll see.
1: Okay. Um, Super derpy TM at plushes back too. Yes. I love that Tiamat plush. I don't know who had the idea to make all the dragon heads of that Derpy, but I love it. I, it's fantastic. I appreciate whoever made it, um, and uh, one of the games at the top that I don't know that we've talked about is Illiterati.
0: Mm. That's
1: the deluxe Kickstarter version of it, too. Oh, That's another okay. one that we backed the store. Illiterati is a uh, it's a real-time, cooperative word game. Yeah. Um, you're trying to basically use the words to bind books and um that's how you there's like a, uh you get god what's the best way to say it you get points based on achieving different goals throughout the game but i i just the the difference between the regular release and the the deluxe release is chipboard letters versus real wood letters a, la a really nice version of scrabble or something too okay price difference isn't crazy between the two of them but the deluxe versions are very much uh they're not coming back after we run out of those so i like to tell everybody like you don't have to buy this we're going to get you the regular version for a long time to come because i think this game has got legs i think this game could potentially have been up for game of the year if it didn't come out the same year as flamecraft
0: yeah which by the way the day that Flamecraft gets the Kickstarter version set back up because of another Kickstarter or something like that is going to be a good day because those little dragons are adorable in there. The, yeah. the 3D printed ones instead of the wooden ones. I, I played at a friend's house who did not have the deluxe
1: version. and It was it heartbreaking. Feels, different. It feels different. It feels different. It feels real different. It doesn't actually make any difference in the gameplay whatsoever.
0: With, nope. It just... I just like the little dragons. Yeah. The little cute dragons. Yeah. Um, so yeah... Uh, All of these things are amazing. All of these things are worth coming in the store. What might be some events going on this week that might lure some people in? What Pokemon set is coming out this week?
1: (laughs) So, uh, no Pokemon um, this week per se, right? But pre-orders for Paldea Evolved are open. Um, Pre-orders for the Lord of the Rings set are open. The Lord of the Rings set, the collector's boxes, the One Ring I, we, I, we were talking at the beginning of the store. The, there is a one ring with a 001 of 001. There's supposed to be one, period, in the world.
0: And you're telling me there's some crazy people making some offers out there.
1: There is, There is. is. We've seen reports. There's one guy who has said, I will give $100,000 to the person who opens that one as long as they don't tell anybody that they opened it before they, before they bring it to me. So he wants to, like, maybe social media influence or Splash on it. But the other offer, which I think is the more fun offer, is a guy has said, I will give you $80,000 and plane tickets to go to Iceland to throw it in the volcano. He said Iceland or Hawaii, but I don't think you can actually get close enough to the volcano in Hawaii to actually do it. But you can get next to the lava flows in Iceland and do it.
0: Now, I am not one to really truly believe in like bad luck, but I feel like you're asking for problems if you go to a volcano and throw the cart. Like I feel like that country, if something then happens, just happenstance on that day, you're going to have a lot of weight on your shoulders for the rest of your life. A lot of emotional guilt for, for causing that to happen.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, there's also a guy who said he's on the quest and he wants to get, there's different artworks for the, not there's the one ring 01, 001 but then there's other rings um, based on the 9 rings for mortal kings mm-hmm. the 7 rings for dwarven lords the 3 rings for the elves and people were one there's like somebody out there who's trying to get 001 through 009 001 through 007 001 through 003 Interesting. of those rings as well and everybody's like god that's going to take millions of dollars to do that so we'll see we'll see how things come out
0: and you know there's always a chance that some goofy kid is going to grab it and not understand what they have and just, you know, grub it all up. You will not get it in pristine condition, so. Exactly. It's out or, there. It's
1: possible. Or it never even gets opened. It's true. It's it's because it could be in a gift bundle box.
0: It could be that somebody uh, buys a box of it as I lift up my versions of d d Adventures of the Forgotten Realms. And leaves and it sealed. It leaves it sealed, not ever really having a reason to open it, which that might happen.
1: Yeah, um, you know, other things that are coming up, uh, so this, we're recording this on Sunday, but this upcoming Thursday, the May the 18th, is um, Beers and Board Games at Kedgrove Brewery. Oh, excellent. So we're going to be out there. We do that every third Thursday. That's kind of a special event that we do um, with them every month. And then probably the, the next kind of cool special thing that is not our um, kind of everyday sort of thing um they don't it, well not every week sort of thing is local designer playtest night is coming up too you mm. know we, we we talk about that a little bit wglt our local npr station reached out to me and asked me some stuff because um and i was telling them i'm like we've got like four or five people in bloomington who have games that are on the shelves at red raccoon games right now and um most of them come to the local developer game night to try out the prototypes for their new games. So that's something you can either just come to be a beta tester to test out games. Or if you have a game and you're making a game, you can contact them. Engage manages the group to say, I would like to show off my game and set up. I need a half an hour time slot to show people and get some feedback from them. So it's a good way to get your, your feedback in um, as you go along. Uh, also something new I want to point out two new things um, we have one of our customers who um, is a teacher has created and he's going to run what he calls a therapeutic d session for teenagers so he works with teens as a, a, a teacher and he wants to create something different on how to use Dungeons and Dragons is more of a therapeutic thing versus you know D and D can be a lot of conflict and stuff in there too. How do you use this to, I don't know, um, maybe help with some anxiety issues or angst or some of that nature as well? So that's look for you can look for that on the calendar too. Fantastic. And then the last thing I'll plug is this is something new for the store also. So we've been running Pokemon tournaments for a long time, but Pokemon just um, created a new structure. That includes Pokemon Challenge, uh, the challenges. So we have Pokemon League, we had Pokemon Tournaments, now we have Pokemon League Challenges, which is a tournament where Pokemon players can earn more points to um, get invites to regional and national competitions for Pokemons. Um, And I did put that S in there on purpose because the staff hate me when I do that talk about the Pokemons. The Pokemons! Got any new Pokemons? Um, but those are going to happen starting this month on the fourth Saturday of each month as we're going to run the league tournaments or the league challenges. With If we run enough league challenges, we get invited to a league cup. And a league cup is kind of a big deal. They can only happen once a quarter. So just those are some things that we're doing that are different than the other things that happen two times or three times a month that i just wanted to point out new things that are on the calendar that's fantastic. always red raccoon games.com slash events and then you can see all the stuff that's going on because ariel is doing an amazing job of coordinating and getting people scheduled for all the stuff that they want to do
0: fantastic do you want to give any sort of building update elevator
1: <laughs> it's always the elevator um it's it's the elevator so it's the elevator everybody that's all we need to know you don't yeah. need any other information everything that. else is moving i did get a um our new cash wrap for the new store was supposed to have shipped friday so i'm waiting to get tracking information on that that puts that here that's one of the components um we're using ikea collapses for the new shelving because you know we we know board games are designed to fit in collapses or colaxes were for board games or whichever way that happened it's kind of becoming standard I'm waiting for shipping information on those, but it's everything is still continues to revolve around the elevator. Painting is getting close to being done. Flooring looks amazing in there right now. The floor on the first floor is done. They just had to put the trim up and they were working on that this weekend. They got to do flooring on the stairwells, uh, the stairs going down and stuff flooring in the basement is done everywhere, except for our storeroom, which is just going to get cleaned up in an epoxy sealant on the cement there. Um, they put in toilets. I mean, we're really getting there. Uh, it's, it, but it's, it's everything in terms of people ask me, when are we going to move? Everything depends on the elevator because the we can't get a certificate of occupancy to move in or to allow customers in until that elevator is there. I'm trying to get a temporary one saying, can I? Get everything past every other inspection can we get a temporary one knowing the elevator. We're just waiting on the installation, guys, and that has not been successful so far.
0: So if you want the most up-to-date news about the building, you can always subscribe to the Patreon for $5 a month. That's where Jamie really gives you the photos and the up live videos, as well as you'll be able to get this podcast a day early and also hear a little bit of extra content, which for this episode will be talking about some other RPG systems. Maybe we'll talk about what we'd do if we were doing a therapeutic RPG as well. Yeah. But with that, our episode is coming to a close. I'd like to thank you for joining us today. And if you want your chance to... Thanks, everybody. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you so much. If you want your chance to talk about your tabletop, uh, come and find us at Red Raccoon Games, located in downtown Bloomington, Illinois, um, where we have a bunch of squishables. Just so many squishables. (laughs) Uh, I want to thank Jillian Mesner for the use of our theme music and feel free to tell us how you're doing by how we're doing. <laughs> you can tell us how you're doing you tell too. tell us how you're doing Check too. Check in with us. We'd love to know. Um, tell us how we're doing by leaving a comment in the podcast app of your choice or come right to the source by emailing us at info at rhetoricandgames.com. If you throw the word podcast in the subject line we'll do our best to give a shout out on the show. Until next time, keep playing.
1: Keep playing. Goodbye everybody and thank you.